podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair, and it's a week on from those allegations, and it's business as usual for the Blues, as they comfortably brush past Aston Villa at a vibrant Etihad at the weekend. A couple of surprises, uh, no goals for Haaland, and a penalty converted by Mahrez, together with something that was not a surprise, a goal for Gundogan against Aston Villa. When's he done that before? Uh, so as a result, City are three points behind leaders Arsenal, ahead of that eagerly anticipated tussle on Wednesday night. To discuss that and much more, I have three guests. Welcome to David Blakeney. Hi, David. Hi, Nigel. Uh, welcome to John Stapleton. Hi, John. Hi, Nigel. And welcome to Lisa Rabinovitz. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Nigel. Uh, John, can we start with that selection, first of all? When you saw that team, uh, Diaz and Laporte together, KDB starts, it looked like a team that meant business to me, and it proved to be the point. Huge sigh of relief. A little puzzled by the fact we didn't have a left back. It turned out to be Bernardo who was fulfilling that role very adequately and very professionally, in my view. Yes, a massive uh, sigh of relief on my part, and I think in, particularly in the first half it showed, I mean, Became a little bit vulnerable, didn't we, when when Diaz uh, didn't come back for the second half? But uh, yes, and make, what makes one wonder—you uh, may have discussed this in the previous week—makes one wonder why they weren't included before. Our two best central defenders, in my view, left on the bench. Not as far as I know, injured in the past, but for some reason or other, left out. Kanji has been good. Didn't think he was particularly good when he came on in the second half uh, at the weekend. Thought he was uh, possibly uh, fault a couple of, a couple of times when. Uh, you know, they could, and well, did he mention score? Well, they could have scored as well. So, yeah, very relieved. And uh, someone I read the other day suggested that the reason Diaz and, and Laporte and uh, Kevin De Bruyne hadn't been selected was that uh, they had taken on the role of mad professor. Well, I, I, I'll live with the mad professor, professor frankly. I think he, we owe him a great deal. And, and uh, certainly on the weekend, he proved his worth fantastic. And I'd just like to thank the Premier League, by the way, for you know for all their allegations last week, because quite clearly it spurred our team and our fans onto 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 great things. It gave them new vigour. And all I'd say to the nine clubs who are allegedly set against us: be afraid, be afraid. Uh, we may well, if we get time, I'd, I'd be interested to get your view because it's going to run and run, isn't it? So it's still a relevant story. I talked to my three guests about it last week, and we may well talk about that. Just, just help me understand the mad professor comment, uh, John. Forgive me, I'm maybe doing, I'm just being a I'm, bit Mancunian, a bit thick. No, no, no. no. Commenting one of the papers, just saying, you know, what on earth are you doing leaving out Laporte and Kevin De Bruyne uh, and Diaz? He's turning into a mad, the mad professor. I, the guy who knows everything, but just does bizarre things from time to time. I, I interpret. I didn't interpret anything more to into it than that. But I, I thought it. I thought maybe. I was missing something. Lisa, the, welcome. The mad professor, Lisa Rabinovitz, is, is back on the show. Uh, Lisa, your thoughts again about that team. And John, John said it already, hasn't he? I mean, they, uh, they really did uh, look like a different side, whether it was the Premier League or the amazing support that we gave them, a whole combination of things, I guess. But it just seemed to work, didn't it? It did. I think it's really hard to know exactly what the reason was, but we looked like City again, as in we looked like Pep's City again. We, we were... Passing quickly, we were going forward with purpose. It didn't look like all this ponderous, painful nonsense we've been watching of late. Um, and and who knows what the reason behind it is? I mean, there are too many diff- too many things have changed in the last week to actually know what may have caused it, including the team selection, everything that happened with the Premier League, and and I don't know, maybe a bit more settled now that maybe people who weren't very happy have, have left the dressing room. I don't know. I mean, who knows what's what's going on there, but I was so happy to see us back to 
ourselves. Like Kevin looks much better. I know that there's been a lot of discussion about Pep being mad leaving Kevin out. You know that I felt he needed a bit of a rest. So, you know, maybe I really am the mad professor as well. Um, but but yeah, I mean, he looked back back to his best again. But it was just the hot. It, it was never just about one player though. When we weren't playing particularly well, it was the whole thing just wasn't working and yesterday just looked a lot more like we had found ourselves again certainly the first half anyway and you mentioned Bernardo John just just to come back to you as well and uh you know he was all over the place I mean he was you know <laughs> what position was he playing because I, I thought we, it was going to be a standard back three when I saw that lineup and it for most of the time it was yeah uh, but but Bernardo was that covered almost every blade of grass at the Etihad didn't he what an asset he is. I do hope we can hang on to him. Uh, rumours, obviously, that he's, he wants to or his girlfriend, uh, at least wants to go back to sunnier climes. Uh, I hope we can hang on to him, as in, as in, and indeed uh, Gundair. No, I thought, that, I thought that, particularly in, in the first half, as Lisa said, I thought everyone played magnificently. And uh, it, it was, it was re- really inspiring to hear the crowd roar like that, to hear the chance, see the, the, the team come back with such vigour, such enthusiasm, such pace and such purpose. I was just delighted and... Uh, Bernardo, in many, I mean, for me, Rodri, I agree with the fans and I agree with, I agree with the, the analysts on TV. I thought that Rodri was the man of the match and just ahead of Kevin De Bruyne. But Bernardo wasn't far behind. I mean, the ground he covered was fantastic. Yeah. David, can, can you give us any more insight? We've talked about the fact that Bernardo um, was fantastic. Rodri has been mentioned. KDB back to himself. It was the crowd. It was the those nine clubs who have spurred City on. What did you pick up from that performance? You just seemed to be just a much better team performance than what we've seen in, in the last few weeks, really. What, what was it for you? Having Diaz and Laporte back in the team, I and, and it, I think other people I have now read many times now, I just think we need them at the back. I think they're better ball players. I went, you know, with the Spurs game, we just weren't playing the ball out of the back. And I think Diaz and Laporte make a huge difference. Obviously, Stones is a big loss, and I would love to have Stones there as well. But I just feel that's a much better team now. And I think a lot does come from the back, and I think we've missed that quite a lot. So... I'm actually personally glad those two are back. I think we need a steady back four now because it's chopping and changing. We keep conceding every week. We need to stop that. And I suppose the other bit is just stop some of the silly errors now. But the passing sure. is a lot better. Uh, Lisa, is your hand up to say something? Sorry, was that like a, an indication that you want to add something to what David just said? Sorry. No. <laughs> No, you don't have to if you don't want to. Can I just go back to Kevin De Bruyne then, Lisa, and and the fact that Pep hasn't been picking him? And and, and you're absolutely right. The reason I called you the mad professor is because you were the person who suggested it. We all thought you were mad at the time, but but Pep did it. What do you think the reasoning is? Why why is it? Is it tactical? Is he preserving him? What thoughts have you got around the fact that he hasn't? He's the best player on the planet, potentially, and Pep has not played him consistently. And that, that. doesn't for lots of city fans it doesn't seem to make sense what, what's your assessment of that, those decisions but I just don't think he was playing like the best player on the planet I don't think it's any more complicated I think everyone's always looking for something really deep and meaningful and I just don't think there was anything other than he just for whatever and also there may have been a reason for his dip in performance I appreciate that even with a dip in performance he's always capable of pulling off something incredible and and I know that 
that that is an argument for having him on the pitch, whatever. But when the whole thing isn't working so well, it you're basically carrying a bit of a passenger when he was the way he was playing before. And I just think we needed an extra body. And 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 so I, I don't think it's more than that. That we're not there. We don't there may have been a reason for his different form. It it could have been because of the way the World Cup went. Maybe he didn't handle it very well. Who knows? Pep knows the players. And so I have to assume that it's he he saw a problem, he fixed it, and part of that fix was to give him a bit of a break. Now, we didn't do wonderfully without him, but we weren't doing wonderfully with him. So I, I don't think we lost anything by not playing him out. It's maybe controversial. It's not that I think he's a bad player overnight. I just think he had a bit of a dip in form. Does that make sense, John? Any other reasons you can think of, or do you think that's a reasonable explanation? Well, I'd slightly take issue with uh, with Lisa in the sense that, in my view, when Kevin De Bruyne's form dips a bit, that just merely brings him down at the level of everyone else. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's such an exceptional player. And maybe our expectations of him, uh, including Lisa's, are a bit too high from time to time. I agree with you. I watched a couple of games when, you know, he couldn't, he, his passing was all over the place. You know, he didn't have the impact, of course, that he, he has had in previous games. But then again, can we really expect even arguably the best midfielder in the world to do that every single week? Uh, arguably not. And I would say, you know, in view of the last few weeks, almost certainly not. All I know is he's a fantastic asset to have and he proved his worth again at the, at the weekend. I mean, my only concern is, or not my only concern, my only sort of ponder, ponder, thing I ponder about with Kevin De Bruyne is why he doesn't more often go down to the right and, you know, across the ball, across the, across the box with Haaland standing in the middle there just waiting for it, you know, because inevitably when he does, it, it pays huge dividends. But, you know, you're a mighty quibble. David, can I just get your view on um, Mr. De Bruyne? I, I, then I'm going to ask you about one other player as well before before we move oh. on. So just to uh, just do Kevin first for us. Well, Haaland can only be as good as Kevin is sometimes because great provider. I mean, Kevin's probably the best provider for Haaland. I think the other, others are struggling to work out how to get the ball through to him. I mean, in the Spurs game, watching that live game last week. You saw all the runs Holland made so clearly, and every time the ball just didn't get through. And you saw how many times we were either a bit greedy or or Kevin just didn't slide it through like he normally would. I think that's the big the biggest problem with 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 Holland is Kevin getting those balls through all the others because he makes the runs, he keeps making the runs, yeah. and we and it's not great. So. What I don't understand, if I can just interject, what I don't understand, and maybe any of you could can answer this, is you know why they don't just lump the ball into into the box because we saw we saw twice on at the weekend what Harlan does when that happens. I mean that that goal, the, the assist for for Gundayan was an incredible burst. The ball was all over the and nowhere near him. Yet he, with incredible pace, he got there and crossed it back to Gundayan, who had, you know, couldn't miss really basically. Now why don't they do that more often? Why don't they put the ball, you know, old fashioned style into the box? And hope he'll find it because my bet is that nine times out of ten he will he's got such terrific pace such terrific energy and such overpowering strength you know barge anyone out of the way and if i can build on that john i also noticed i thought that villa played a very high line as well so yes. i think actually there was an awful lot of grass between that back four uh, yes, or back was. five on occasions and 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 the goal and there was a huge opportunity for him to to use that space and running behind and i think so he what's missed stopping it. Them? is it because there's indoctrinated with this sort of what i call pretty passing game you know Possibly. Sideways football. 
It could well be. Uh, Lisa, I'm sure, has got a view, but we'll we'll come back to it in a second. I'm, I'm keen to, to move on to just talk about Grealish mm. because we've talked about him in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, he got a bit of stick from the Villa fans, um, got us a penalty, and he's you know big, he's got a big price tag, as we said. He's coming for a lot of stick from, from many City fans as well as those from other clubs. David, you, what's your view on him and, and certainly the last few games and how he's fitting in and the impact he's having on this City team? I think he's starting to have confidence that he can run with the ball now. And I think he's doing that. Um, yeah, he does get us a lot of free kicks, but I'd rather him not get the free kicks and carry on with the ball. Um, yeah, I think he's doing well. I think his progress is good. But I think I'd just like to see his crossing get a little bit better because I think he's running well with it. He's doing a lot of other things very, very well, but he just needs to... I just think he's, I don't understand how these guys who practice every single day still can't get the ball past the first man half the time. So that's a little bit frustrating. But yeah, he's he's playing a lot better. Lisa, uh, Jack Grealish can't cross a ball, says David Blakeney, who I played football with um, on a number of occasions in my youth, and nor could he, um, to be fair. But uh, I'm a centre forward though. This is true. I this didn't is true. And, and he I didn't cost the hundred million pounds. He didn't. I, he, I was the whole and you were the Grealish. I never got the ball enough. Exactly. I was the wide man. You know, I never passed it to David. No. Yeah. There you go. Listen. Enough of enough of our youth, David. Um, Lisa, uh, your your thoughts of Grealish? I I think he's doing very well. I think over the last few weeks, when we've been looking pretty dreadful, he's been the one of the bright sparks, one of the positives to take from the team. I think. I think it probably weighed quite heavily on him and the price tag. The he 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 surely sees a lot of the comments. You know, he's a human. Um, but I have actually been really impressed with the way he's just got on with it and applied himself. And whilst you know we sometimes want immediate results, I think and I know that I always say this that it takes at least a season for players to get used to to pet to the way we play in particular players that have come from other Premier League teams. Sometimes I think people assume that because they've been in the Premier League, they're just going to hit the ground running. But he came from a team where he was the player. Everything went through him. He was the one that everyone looked to. And he's come into a situation that's very different. I think Mares came similarly when he came from Leicester. It was a similar kind of situation. I, I just think... If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I think he's doing a good job so far and I believe he'll get there. And and I think most of the players that Pep's brought in, he's known exactly what he wants from them and he'll get it from them eventually. It was only a few weeks ago that Grealish said he didn't realise how tough it was going to be. He was very open about it. And I think that's quite commendable. And I'm quite happy to see him, I think, doing pretty well. He, I think, you know, we'll get more goals and more assists out of him as the season goes on. Um, but I I don't really have too much negative to say about him, to be honest. I always leave John to the end on this one because I know he's uh he I'd be interesting to see if he's softened his views slightly. So just 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 brace yourselves, people. I John Stapleton, that. Jack Grealish, off you go, my friend. I have mellowed if you'd like to Oh John you heard it here first. John Stapleton has mellowed. We all want I'll to hear this, John. Wrong. Partly because of the wonderful way he treated that kid whose sister had got the same problem as his, one of his own, uh, his own sister or brother, which I thought was absolutely wonderful, which is nothing to do with football at all, but just showed he was a nice human being, a decent human being, who cared about things other than himself and football, which I thought 10 out of 10 to that. 
But uh, to come back to the football, he's got better. I mean, I thought he played really well on Sunday. Uh, how long he can get away, get away with buying his penalties like that, I'm not quite sure. But he's, he does do it very effectively. Uh, and, you know, who are we to complain? He's a talented player, but I, I agree with David. You know, time. I'll just go back to my original comments about, about, about him in the past just to remind people. Basically, yes, he gets the ball, he beats one man, he beats two men. And then I either crossed it to one of the opposing players or out of play. And I, I just, it's just the end product. I, I, that's the only thing I still question to some extent. He was much better on Sunday, tons better on Sunday. Lots of enjoying himself as well. Uh, an asset to the club, I'm, I'm sure. But And it's taken a while. I mean, Lisa said, you know, they all needed a season. Well, he's had a season. He's had more than a season. He's had a season and a half at least now, you know. And he's still not, he's still not the star man in my view, but he's, I'd say eight and a half out of ten on Sunday. Okay, well, that's probably the highest mark you've given him for a while, I'm sure. So that's good to hear. Um, someone we haven't seen much of, and I do realise we can only play with eleven, uh, and we've got some fantastic world-class players. But I'm just concerned about the whole Foden situation. Of course, we don't know what's going on. We can speculate, but but I suspect there's something which is not necessarily football-related. But I don't know. Um, but I'm concerned. I mean, what a fantastic talent! Uh, I hope he's behaving himself. Um, I say I don't know what's gone on. But something clearly is not right because that boy should be playing in that Manchester City first team most weeks. And he came on as a second half sub again. And we've not seen enough of him, have we, Lisa? What's, what's, what's going on in your view? Um, I don't know specifically what's going on. Um, I've seen lots of suggestions, which I won't mention. Um, they, there's definitely something going on. He is one of the most talented players that this country has produced. Um, he would walk into any team in the Premier League. And so there is clearly something not right. I'm hoping that they are managing to deal with it and sort it out because it would be a, an absolute, it would be such a shame for, for such a talent to be wasted. I've been, I've been a little bit worried about this for quite a while. Um, things that happened outside of football that made me a bit uncomfortable. Um that you just don't see about other players and things in other players' lives and things like that always concern me because, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't behave appropriately and you don't apply yourself in the right way, then it doesn't matter. We've seen it before with other players, maybe not quite as talented as him. So, yeah, I am a bit concerned, but I'm just hoping that the setup at the club is such that if it's salvageable, then they will manage to sort it out. I think that sounds a, a fair, fair kind of comment on the situation because we don't know John, do we? But is that kind of what you're reading into this as well? That it seems to be maybe the some stuff off the pitch that's not football related that may be affecting his either his relationship with Pep or his performance in training or on the pitch. Is that is that how you see it as well? Well, as far as I know, yeah. I, mean, I can't really add anything to what Lisa just said because we don't know, do we? We simply don't know. But it is, it is mightily strange that a player of that talent, that is not even included in the squad, gets sent home with an illness, an unspecified illness. He's just not, in, not, not named in the squad for some reason or other from, from time to time. Uh, it, does, it doesn't add up on the, on the face of it. There may be a perfectly innocent explanation. I hope there is. Uh, we, we just don't know. But all I know is that you know, City are a poorer team without him there. And you know he didn't really get chance. To, he didn't get much of a chance on on Sunday that he came on, but he no. didn't get much of a look in. Um, maybe you know Wednesday, come Wednesday, which we'll discuss. I'm sure in a, in a few minutes' time. Come Wednesday, all our all our fears and concerns will be evaporated with a starting five star performance from the boy. 
Uh, uh, David, anything yeah. to add on the phone? Anything yeah, you'd like I, to add? Sure. I think he's very easily led off field. I think the Iceland situation was a typical example. That was not led by him. It was led by his roommate. And um, I think everything that happened that night was him just basically being led by his roommate, uh, which shows his head can be turned by off-the-field antics. So there's obviously stuff going on. And it's a shame because you look at Holland, who's the same age, and that guy is just totally focused, 100%. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, I think so, there's definitely stuff going on behind the scenes. She's making him not be the person he's meant to be. Okay. Well, we don't, we don't know, do we? Um, I, I think it's – John, go on, yeah. I was going to say, the only thing I'd throw in, we, we don't know, we haven't a clue, the only thing I'd throw in is if, if there are issues off, off, the, off the field and to do with his social life, his family life or whatever, he must have changed quite a bit. Because I remember that story when we won the league and Vincent Company organised a booze up in the local pub and, and Ford says, so, so I'm going fishing with my dad in Stockport or something, you know, I mean, and did, you know. It was a couple of years ago. I, it I was, to be fair, yeah. He was only 12 at the time, wasn't he, I think? He was a bit, <laughs> a bit younger than he is now. No, but, you know, it doesn't I take like the point. No, I understand. I take the point. Yeah. You know, goes out on the on the Raz at uh, a moment's notice. Oh, sorry, I, I've no, none of us have any idea. We don't. Let, let's let's move on to kind of stuff that we do know and we'll, we will have a view on. And, and that's before we – we'll take a break after this and we can talk about um, the Arsenal game coming up, of course, and, and those allegations. Well, I'd love to get your view on that and sort of where we're at and, and your thoughts. But just before we do that, um, are you worried at all about the squad, knowing that we're kind of fighting on three fronts? And Cancelo's gone. We know there are issues with, with Foden and so on. We don't know what the issues are, but there clearly are issues with Foden. It's not a big squad. People talk about City's big squad, but it is not. It's a small squad and Cancelo's gone. We haven't strengthened in the transfer window, etc. Does that worry you, John, the sort of size of that squad, the fact that we are looking to win our first Champions League? We want to win the league again. We're still in the FA Cup, having beaten sort of a number of Premier league opposition so you know this is this is you know we're coming to the business end of the season with not the bigger squad does it concern you well it does and one particular position concerns me uh, in particular and that's left back which you mentioned already but let's not forget we had a left back called Zinchenko we gave him to Arsenal that we play on Wednesday we maybe ruined the day we decided to do that uh yeah, of course Aki can play there but that, he's I'm not convinced about the other lad the lad um Sergio um Gomez, Gomez thank you not totally convinced about him yet, but we're a bit short there, that's for sure, and we're said to be looking out for someone uh, in the summer. So that's that's a, a potential potential weak point, and you're absolutely right. You know, Moneybag City, allegedly Moneybag City, don't have a massive squad, and if, you know, we're, we're playing a, a game every three days and for the next three months, uh, that will be a severe test of our, of our capability. But having said all that, you know, some of them had a good rest. De Bruyne's had a rest, Diaz has had a rest, Laporte's had a rest. Hopefully John Stones will be back. And, uh, you know, with, with Haaland, we have a, a winner. Uh, David, is is, is that is it just left back? Is that all you're worried about? Yeah, it, it is left back. Um, yeah, we have got a small squad, but I'd like to see a bit more consistency in the same players playing every week instead of this chopping and changing. And I just think, you know, when you look at how many changes we make and how many changes... I think even Arsenal made, which is very little. I think we need some consistency. As long as we don't get injuries, we'll be all right. But 
you know, we can't help those injuries. But yeah, I think we just, I'd like to see the same players play most weeks. They haven't had that many games, have they? They've had an eight day rest and they've got a seven day rest. I mean, compared with last year, they've got a lot less games recently. So you'd literally like to see kind of the same going back to the nineteen sixties, seventies. You know, we have the squad of thirteen players that all just played every single game. Is that seriously? Is that how you see it with FA Cups, League, Champions League? Literally not resting anybody at all. They need consistency in the team now. Stop chopping and changing all the time. Because even last week, watching Rodri, he looked so frustrated. Yeah, he kept putting his arms up in the air every time. And he's a, such a great player. And I think he felt a lot more comfortable yesterday with that team because he it's more of the team we would normally play. I just think they're starting to get a bit confused every week and what, what the tactics are and who's playing where. Where are you, Lisa? Are you kind of chop it, you keep the same side that David's talking about or do you recognise that with games every three days, he has to change it up, surely, and rest players and rotate players and use that whole squad system, surely? I, I do think he has to, um, but I, I understand what David's saying. Um, but, the, I mean, the reality is it, we're like one or two injuries away from him not even being able to do that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You know, he, he's obviously trying to prevent the injuries by with the rotation to a certain extent. Um, but, but yeah, I think it does create issues, particularly defensively, um, because it. <sighs> I don't think it's as much, so much. I mean, maybe it is confusion, and it, it's, it's just like the, the trust isn't there in the same way because it's not being developed over one from one game to the next. And uh, yeah, I, but I, I think you know if we had more players, he'd be changing it even more. So yes, I do think we have a, a, a thin, a very thin squad. And he even, um, Pepe even alluded to it yesterday. In fact, I don't think he alluded to it. I think he very outright said, "I think we've got the smallest squad in the league." Um, so, look, if everyone stays fit, then, yeah, no problem, no left-back. We've not had a left-back most of the time that <laughs> uh, Pep's been around. Ina Zinchenko's not actually a left-back. Um, but, but yeah, an injury or two and we're in trouble. An injury or two, I think, to anyone that can play a left-back or right-back and we're in trouble. Uh, so, talking about trouble, uh, we'll come back after the break and talk about the allegations uh, and we'll also look forward to that fantastic game against Arsenal in midweek the champions against the champions elect that's all coming up straight after this break welcome back Listen, let's just talk about these allegations. It's going to run and run. I reckon I've got four years in my diary that it could go on for. I think who knows. Um, who knows? Uh, who are we going to start with? David Blakeney. Here we go. Just give us your kind of view. Um, we, you've had a week to kind of ponder on this. Uh, we had some great banners at the Etihad yesterday, which made me smile. Um, our podcast last week was uh, was a clever title as well. If you didn't see it, look it up. I was quite quite happy with that well done to uh, spencer debson who came up with that one uh, so yeah so uh, good humor from the city fans but serious allegations all the same how, how do you see it david what's your assessment a week on well it's going to be a case of whether panic has the ability to find the loopholes we need they've got to be you know no one knows do they i mean we've read all these different allegations They've all come up now. Everyone will say there must be some guilt there. The club seem to be very confident there's nothing there. 
So I don't think any of us know, but what you do just hope is that the legalities will at least give us a fairness in it um, without them just throwing everything at us. And it's whether this is, will be heard in a fair way or not. And this is what, are we just there as a scapegoat or will there be fairness in the hearing? That will be up to the lawyers, won't it? Absolutely. And I'm just looking for a brief comment, because again, as we said a number of times, this podcast, we don't know. Uh, but we're fans at the end of the day and we have an interest and it's our club. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of allegations, isn't there, John? It's not It's not one or two. We're talking over 100 here. Yeah, uh, it's tarnishes. There's no question about that. It'll tarnish us for however long it takes. And, and even, even after even after that, the you know the, the chance of cheat will be there. Well, every time we play away from home or, or words to that effect, I'm sure. Well, yeah. We thought that we would sort of. I didn't think we. I didn't think we buried this, but I thought it might have gone away to some extent, but it hasn't. I mean, I, it's it's a bizarre situation, isn't it? Why did it take them four years to get to this stage? Why is it that even after four years, they got some of the charges wrong and had to correct them? It doesn't give you a great deal of faith in the allegations against us, does it? It doesn't suggest that they're as well founded as the Premier League would, would uh, perhaps have us believe. Uh, I think it's a great shame. Uh, I, I, there's a, something at the back of my mind that says even if we are kicked out of the Premier League, uh, City fans, as only City fans could, will take a bizarre uh, enjoyment out of going back to Colchester United and Doncaster uh, Rovers or wherever we finish up. But who, know, who wants that to happen? Absolutely nobody. I'm just grateful we've got a great club and we've had some fabulous years. Uh, on, on not not just on the pet, but before Pep, you know, with, with Mancini and, and Pellegrini, fantastic years. I thought I'd never see at Manchester City, and nothing can take that away from us. And, you know, nothing will, and you know, we all know people in the Alan's program, and thousands more will know that no matter what they do to Manchester City, if anything, uh, our, our love for the club will not diminish what I owe to. Anything to add to that, Lisa? Um, uh, the, the allegations are are very serious to the extent that you kind of look at them and part of me thinks, well, they must think they've got something or they must be very certain. But at the same time, the other part of me thinks we are not being run by some fly-by-night outfit. <laughs> we are being run by serious business people. Um, and the allegations are essentially fraud, which is not, not small and I would like to think would have a particularly high level of proof required. Um, but, you know, and, and lots of, uh, I've been listening to a lot of people talking about this. Um, this is not just me coming up with this myself. Um, you know, I haven't gone into the great detail of the allegations, but, you know, the, those alone about the accounts being wrong it's, it's not a small thing, and it's about pulling the wool over the accountant, the auditor's eyes as well, which is also a fairly big deal. So, I, you know, you can't – obviously, I don't want to think it's true. If it is true, then it's terrible. And I guess I, I guess what I feel is if you punish the club, the people who really suffer are the fans. And obviously, we've taken this on – and we've enjoyed it and everything, but we none of us thought, oh, well, enjoy it, and obviously we're cheating. We didn't, none of us are sitting there thinking we must be cheating to be here. So if it were proven that we had done something wrong, I think it, you know, the 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 punishment needs to to fit the crime, but it shouldn't punish us as much as it punishes the people who did whatever they did, if they did it. Completely agree. Completely agree. Point I made the other day. 
you know, if if big big if if City are guilty of any of these these alleged crimes or misdemeanors, the people who should suffer are the people who perpetrated them, not the fans and not the players. I mean, that's it's, that's that's not justice. You know, yeah. it's, it's simply not justice. It's simply not fair. If if indeed that happens. Yeah. So how do they do that, though, John? Let's just, let's just sort of, if but two of you have said that, so what does that look like in yeah, real terms? Well, say, for example, a, a senior figure in the city management and, and a lawyer in the city management are the main culprits in, in this, and uh, uh, people largely responsible for these so far unfounded allegations, then they're the ones who should be banned from soccer or some or fined or some some punishment which is within the powers of the, of the commission or the inquiry. Uh, to, to, to levy. I don't know what their, their powers will be. Well, I know we know they can kick City out of the league. We know they, they can take points off as apparently they can fine City. A fine for City is pretty pointless in my view. I mean, let's be honest about it. That's not going to hurt anybody. It certainly isn't going to hurt Sheikh Mansour. No, I, I think there, there ought to be some system and maybe there isn't provision for it. Maybe there's no way of doing this. There ought to be some provision for that, that uh, situation whereby rather than punishing the fans of 50,000 people who fall and go there every week, or indeed the players, hit the people who, who did it. If, they, but, if indeed they did. But they did it for the club and therefore the fans just, just sort of taking it to its logical conclusion. If that That's why they did that. So they won trophies so the fans could have those moments. And if, if and it's a big if, as we say, if it's proven that, that those people in charge have been fraudulent or have flouted the, the rules, then there has to be a punishment. And I can't see it being just those people being fined or kicked out or uh, having having some sort of criminal charges against them. I think yeah. they've got to punish City and therefore the fans surely haven't. I, I agree with you. It's just wishful thinking on my part. I just think, I just yeah. think it's manifestly unfair. Sure. I, I, I do think, out of all this, that they need to start looking at FFP and making it completely different to what it is because it's an absolute joke. Yeah. Financial fair play should not be in the state it's in at the moment because it doesn't do any good for anyone. This except actually for probably two or three clubs is is really what it seems to be set up for, not clubs like us. And and I've got to tell you, you've got the red side of Manchester and all the debt they pile on, the profits they take out. If you look at what City do for the local community, for people around the world, for charities, for everything they do, the amount of jobs they've created, they've done a brilliant job. And all that gets forgotten because, yeah, we're the greedy ones and they're not, and the Glazers are not the greedy ones. Yeah. Uh, David, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's the point I've made a number of times. And uh, we listen, we're gonna we will revisit this. Uh, it's not the last comment, I'm sure. So thank you. It's really good to to have your honest and forthright views on on an issue that's gonna run and run. Let us look forward to this week. Uh, the champions elect. People already have their names on the trophy, of course. Arsenal, eight points ahead, were they now? There is a chance of Manchester City overtaking them, uh, albeit with the game in hand still, of course, for Arsenal. Um how do we match up against Arsenal, John? How, 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 do, you, how do you see this, the, the match between these two great sides? Tough call. I mean, they've slipped a bit, haven't they, of late, but they're a good side. There's no question about it. Uh, Pep's uh, people has done a, a fantastic job. They're strong in every department. Uh, the two we gave them, Zinchenko and Jesus, although Jesus won't be playing, of course, have been great assets to, to the Arsenal team. Uh, I think it will be... It'll be a rough ride. When I say rough ride, I don't mean a dirty game. I mean, it'll be a very difficult task indeed. Uh, 
there's a bit of a thing to draw there and win it uh, the Etihad would probably be okay from our point of view in the hope that they could that Arsenal slip again but there's no guarantee I mean for the whole season people kept saying to me oh Arsenal they'll, they'll slip up but they didn't until recently they didn't did they they've been extremely consistent and they play good football attractive football uh, and they can, they can argue and will argue that after that game against Brentford at the weekend they've been already been cheated out of two points because of the terrible mistake the referee made so they'll be angry too I suspect they'll be up for it big time and it's never an easy place to go to is it it's not. But Lisa, where's, the, where's their threat coming from? What's the lookout for City, do you think, on Wednesday night? I think that if we if we can keep Saka quiet again like we did in the in the Cup, then that is going to be key, really. I mean, it's no guarantee that that will be the case because they'll have a different side starting. So they'll have trouble coming from other areas as well. So perhaps it was easier to keep Saka quiet with the team they put out against us in the Cup. But so, I mean, I, I, I assume he's going to play Ake there again. Um, although, clearly, I shouldn't assume anything with Pep and our defence. Um, look, they're, 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 they're probably, not probably, they're definitely, over the course of the season, have been a better, they have been a better team than us. Are we, on our day, better than them? Yes, I'm sure we are. But we're not there at the moment. We need to play like we did in the first half against Villa, for 90 minutes um we have not played a good 90 minutes for a long time um and you know i think that that is key i would i would agree with john i think if we i think it's not we can't lose this we not can't i mean obviously nothing is ever guaranteed but i would prefer not to lose this so a draw would not be a disaster um and then yes, we'd probably have to beat them at the Etihad. But um, yeah, I mean they're a, they're a very good team, and Arteta's done a great job with them. And I guess also just to add to what you said before I come to David is get rid of those stupid errors which we seem to have brought into our game these last couple of days. Again, would be the only thing I would add, I guess, to that. Dave, is that fair? Yeah, I, I think you know when you look back to last year's game in the first half, Arsenal were superb against us, but in the second half. We got to them. We're going to have to get to them big time right at the beginning. We're going to, you know, we we are experienced enough now to get in their heads during this game, but they're going to have to press them and we all have to work our socks off because they are going to be slightly vulnerable and they will be, in a way, they're not used to this situation we have an opportunity, but I think it's going to be up in their minds as much as anywhere else. And if they really put pressure on them and really, well, as you say, work for 90 minutes, um, we might we might get to them. But it's going to be very hard. And so let's have, be let's have some... sofa job, won't it? <laughs> well, it would be difficult to be on the goal for me to be on the sofa. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to, to being there. And, uh, um it's uh, going to be uh, no fingernails left, I suspect, by the end of the night. But looking forward to it all. I'm really excited about being there on, on Wednesday. Uh, so let's have some predictions then from everybody before we go. Uh, Lisa, um, you're going for a draw, I guess, are you? You're, that's what you want? That's what your your brain says? You're going to tell no, me? I want us to win. Um, yeah. you think well, we're I, want to, I want us to win. I think we'll lose. <laughs> but I'd be happy with a draw. Um, <laughs> so so let's, go for two are, all. let's go for two all, just very good. Know, where very I'm good. happy. I thought... Were you going for a loss then again for City? Were you going for two all? All right, thanks, Lisa. John, where are you on this one? I'm going for one all on Wednesday, and it will beat them two one at Tower Place. All right, brilliant. Okay, two draws. David Blakeney, here's your here's your moment, my friend. 
Two all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, listen. I'll go two one City just to make sure we've got someone who thinks we're going to win. I think. Uh, I think we've got a bit of momentum here. I think they're struggling. I think they've uh, just just lost it slightly. I think we're playing them just at the right time. So, uh, what did I say the other week, Lisa? That we would smash Swansea. Uh, Swansea. Uh, uh, smash. <laughs> where did Swansea come from? Uh, smash Aston Villa. Um, and at 3 0, I thought, oh, it's on. I think I said 6 0, didn't I? I thought, oh, this is on. You said 6 uh, 0. It, yeah. it didn't quite happen. There we are. Listen, thank you very much to my three guests to John Stapleton, to Lisa Rubinitz, and to David Blakeney. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.